1: Welcome back to the RotoWire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy football. I'm your host, Josh Hayes, joined by James Seltzer as we break down this Sunday's Week 2 NFL slate. We're going to be talking quarterbacks, tight ends, and kickers on FanDuel.com. If you want to find James on Twitter, you can do so at JamesSeltzer975. And you can also follow me on Twitter at JoshHayesFS. James, my man, what is going on, sir? What's up, brother? I missed you last week. Yeah, man, I was uh, out there pottering, p- pottering, I w- yeah, I was doing the- Making pottery? Yeah, I was doing like the was whole- it,
2: Was it like ghost style? Did yeah. you have like, go right. up Demi with, Moore, and you're uh, doing the-
1: No, yes. No, it was with Whoopi Goldberg, no Demi, oh, so- how about that? Yeah, it Lucky was- Lucky you. Not All the right? same experience, personally. <laughs> um, actually, I was um, podcasting, and I was from a remote location at my in-law's house, and went to a wedding- so that was actually pretty fun, you know. Nice. Some people are on the fence as to whether or not you you like the weddings or not, but if they do it I right,
2: I love weddings. Yes, I'm a wedding guy, Josh. It's fun. You dance. You have a good time. It's a celebration. You get drunk. And, uh, who doesn't like weddings? What's your problem? If you don't like weddings, you don't have a soul. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think it reminds me about everything that's good uh, in the world. the The best thing you can do is watch two people who are like the happiest days of their of their life, basically, because nobody's getting married because they don't want to. If they if they if it if it's a forced situation or, you know, um, somebody's looking for a green card or something, they're doing it in the courthouse. They're not inviting yeah. 11 yeah, million true. people to witness it. Well, you would hope, right? <laughs> you would hope we we, yes. we can't have that much hope for humanity uh anyhow we're gonna talk about fandom and, and uh football here uh for DFS. Oh, we're, we're,
2: we're talking football i thought yeah. we were just weddings and whatever we felt like talking about okay i'll okay. talk football yeah I'll and, jump in.
1: well we were talking about the pope we were thinking about converting this we to did. the dfs pope yeah. podcast but we got to run that through the bosses first and yeah. uh i don't know um be... I'm,
2: I'm, yeah i'm ground zero man i will i will literally be able to like uh you know reach out and touch the pope here in philadelphia so it'll be, i don't think they'll let me actually touch him but i'll be close enough
1: all right well let me know what the pope thinks of uh johnny Manziel in week two. Oh, okay. you better
2: believe i'm getting the pope to bless my uh my dfs lineup for next Sunday. <laughs> for sure
1: <laughs> that, that's that is a must is it not it's a must uh, yeah it has to be that's the way i'm looking at it there,
2: well so. well real quick before we get into it did you hear the thing about the sam radford petition the uh city of philadelphia has uh you know provincial and and eagles eagled up as we were Actually got together a petition to have the Pope bless Sam Bradford's knee.
1: <laughs> yep, I love it. It actually happens. Love it, love it. Is there a like a a Kickstarter that can I I can donate to I, or I, a change.org form? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm in, man. I'm in. Bless yeah. that guy's knee. We need it, I, dude. I'll put five bucks on that. No there problem. We you know, there we go. Let me text it through the app, like for like, you know, first aid, uh, I'll, I'll definitely do that. There you go. Uh, social media and, and mobile. That's what we need. Uh, speaking of mobile, we're going to talk about quarterbacks. Some of them are mobile and some of them are, are not. But before we do that, I want to quickly let you know that the Rotowire DFS podcast is now available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you get a chance to rate or review us, please go ahead and do so. And don't forget to share and subscribe. And don't forget to spread those rumors about the alternative podcast that we have going on. Well, I, don't, I don't know if FanDuel's ready for an uh, alternative for po- yeah. Pope Pod 2015? No. Maybe maybe golf down the line. So uh, if you're a golf guy at all, we can maybe get something going on like that. But in the meantime, I think we've got to stick to quarterbacks here, James. All So we'll talk about the uh, the blessed one. I think that's what we're going to do the rest of the season. Sam Bradford from this day forward is the blessed one. I
2: like that.
1: All right. And uh
2: Tebow might have something to say about it. Well, but we'll if he was on
1: the it. roster, then there's no way I would ever, <laughs> you know, give Sam Bradford that name. We're, we're talking about you know, Tebow Jesus here, but we had to talk about um, some realistic options. There's some, some top tier quarterbacks that are still uh, fairly reasonably priced and there's some home run plays. So, so who's going to be taking the snaps from center for you in week two? Well, when you
2: look down the list of quarterbacks, uh, you know, it's kind of interesting because those top, top guys, it doesn't look like any of them really have good matchups, you know, Uh, uh, other than Drew Brees has a decent matchup against Tampa Bay. That defense obviously did not look good, but, Brees himself didn't look that great. So, you know, you're not fawning over Drew Brees the way he did in the past. And and Rodgers against Seattle, Luck against the Jets, not a lot of great stuff. It's really that fourth quarterback down on that list that, that kind of catches my eye. Uh, Matt Ryan against the Giants in New York. We saw how atrocious that Giants pass defense is. Tony Romo basically cut him through you know a light a knife through butter you know uh, at the end of that game just walked down the field uh, 356 yards passing for Romo. Um, you know Ryan looked good against the Eagles a couple mistakes a couple bad throws but you know 298 yards passing couple touchdowns. Um, and, 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 you know, you got Julio. Julio there's, there is no one on that Giant. I don't even think four guys on that Giants team can cover Julio at once. You know, nine for 141 and a couple TDs against the Eagles. Just just a monster. So I think Julio eats the Giants up. Uh, and I think that Matt Ryan is the beneficiary of that. So for, for 8700 I like that. And uh, the only other uh, kind of top, not top tier, but like guy in those higher end pricing that, that I like is Romo. Uh, Again, obviously, had a really nice game against the Giants, multiple touchdowns, 356 yards passing, was a stud against a bad defense, and it looks like he's got another bad pass defense to go (laughs) up against. Uh, As much as it pains me to say it, the uh, Eagles' secondary and pass defense in general looked atrocious. They just looked so bad against the Falcons. Zero pressure on Matt Ryan. Uh, Even without Des Bryant in there, I think it might be kind of a contrarian play in that way in that. You know, Dez is gone. People are going to avoid Romo. The Cowboys are still going to pass the ball, and that's going to be the way they're going to have to to beat the Eagles. That's going to be the best opportunity for them to beat the Eagles. And, you know, it'll, whether it's Beasley, whether it's Williams, whether it's Witten, whether it's Dunbar, I think Romo will have enough options where – you can still put up a really nice day even without that top option, uh, you know, and Des to throw to. So those are my two guys, kind of at the top of the rankings, Josh.
1: All right, very interesting there. You're so um, Jeff Erickson's rankings uh, are something I always like to refer to, and I'll and I'll continue to do that throughout the season because uh they're a great guide and he's got great reasoning behind um all his rankings and he ranks every single quarterback every basically um th- what he has i think 35 quarterbacks ranked here uh 86 running backs and you know 10 million wide receivers or 96 either one, whichever one you want to uh pick there and 39 tight ends just and and a bunch of flex rankings there as well so they're great to refer to if you want to check them out you can go to rotowire.com/football and it's the weekly rankings week 2 value meter um from jeff and you can also find that I believe on on his Twitter account, uh, at or at RotoWire. But uh, really quickly, so in his rankings, he has Matt Ryan two in the spot. So he's with you. Oh wow! There you go. So that's that's a that's a good feather in your cap there. Uh, he has Romo ten uh, overall. For me personally, I think I, I'm going to have to take a page out of Drew Brees's. Um, or Marcus Mariota's playbook and say, if Mariota can, and can blow up the Tampa Bay defense, why can't Drew Brees? So, um, it's very fair. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to make it, make it my like GPP play everywhere because I think it's going to be a relatively standard cash game option. Uh, since the, you know, he's probably has the, maybe the softest pass defense to, to go against, uh, overall. But, uh, for cash games and 50, 50s, Drew Brees is going to be my anchor play. Now talking about what I want to do from like a GPP perspective, there I'm actually I like Andrew luck this week and I think he's gonna be a little be be a little bit off um, you know in terms of uh, ownership percentage because he had the, the sort of fall flat on his face against Buffalo on the road and the Jets performed uh, pretty well granted it was Cleveland and Johnny Menzel on the Browns uh, but their defense held up very well uh, two issues that that are falling back in my favor or in, in Andrew Luck's favor is uh, Vegas loves Andrew Luck uh, they're one of the biggest favorites on the board. I think they're minus six and a half or seven uh, coming into to Wednesday. So that's top three, top two, uh, behind uh, Drew Brees, who I think is uh, like a nine and a half or a 10-point favorite. Um, and... Uh, I want to add in the fact that they lost uh, Antonio Cromarty, uh, which is their top corner that they like to play in single coverage on the outside for the Todd Bowles defense uh, alongside Darrell Rivas. So there's going to be more pressure on Revis. They do have some depth, depth at quarterback with Buster Screen, but I just don't, even without Dante Moncrief, I think it's a, f- a fairly. Um explosive wide receiver without, core.
2: without TY
1: Hilton. I'm sorry, without I'm T.Y. T.Y. Hilton. With Dante yeah. moncrief stepping up, and you saw that the uh the numbers that he put up, he's gonna be a popular play, So I don't think they lose a ton without T. Y. And he, TY hasn't exactly been ruled out, but it's more than likely he probably sits this week. Um but I still feel you know, you know he's got the tight end weapons. Gore's pretty good out of the backfield. I like Josh Robinson there. And then you have Andre Johnson, and we haven't even mentioned Philip Dorset, uh the first round pick, the rookie who now has a chance to make a significant impact. Uh, on that roster so i'm still going to probably roll andrew luck in a a few of my gpps now let's talk about under the radar here we're going if we want to go deep uh dip down in salary and save some cash what can we do at the quarterback position um in order to um take that salary savings and roll it to other positions all
2: right i'm going to give you two in the the 74 7500 range and then i'm going to go a little lower than that um I'm going back to the well, uh, and it didn't work out particularly good last week. But you know what? Damn it, Josh. I'm going to do it again. Uh, I'm going to recommend Sam Bradford again. He's the same price he was last week at 7500 and everyone was fawning all over him at $7,500. You, know, uh, you know, I was in multiple uh, leagues with friends where, you know, six out of seven guys had Bradford, and it wasn't Eagles fans. You know, it was, it was just one of those plays that with that past events that we expected Atlanta to have uh, looked like a really good play on the board. Uh, obviously, that second half, we saw some of that potential, but that first half was so bad and just so disastrous that it just kind of cratered any opportunity for a real productive day from Bradford. Um, but it, I think this Cowboys pass event is atrocious. I know they weren't particularly bad against Eli Manning. There was just nothing. The Giants really didn't get much going in that game. That was a ball control game, kind of a strange flow to that game. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to come out. You know they move the ball quickly. It's not going to be a ball control game with the Eagles. It's going to be when they have the ball, they're going to be moving, and they're going to be like that. And uh, I I think they'll run the ball, but I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Bradford against that Cowboys secondary, especially without Skandrick out, which we talked about last week. so, so I think that Bradford kind of, uh, you know, almost uh, akin to a post-type sleeper in a you know season-long type fantasy where it's a guy the year after everyone hypes him up, kind of busts out. Uh, I'm going for a post-week sleeper, a post-week sleeper here, as in Bradford, the hot, the hot guy. Week one, I think week two he comes out and has a, a, a big-time week, especially at home. Uh, and then in uh, uh, 100 less, 7400. I think there's a nice tourney play too. You mentioned him, Marcus Mariota. You know. <laughs> Four touchdowns, week one. You know, he <laughs> threw three incompletions and threw four touchdowns. You got to love that. Um, and then more so, I think Cleveland's defense is a, is a total train wreck. I, I just think it's bad across the board against the run and against the bass. Uh, Jets were able to move the ball at will against them, um, and, and I just think that there's upside there with Mariota. Uh, just going a little bit lower into the the sixes. Uh, I think this could kind of be a contrarian play, you know, uh, based off of last week's performance, but let, let's stick with the uh, top two overall picks in the draft. And and I kind of like Jameis Winston at 6,600 against, uh, against the, against uh, the Saints in new Orleans. Uh, you know, obviously it's a crazy idea to, to put someone out there who was, you know, just, just flat out bad. Like Winston was in week one. He just looked awful. He really did. He didn't look anything like the guy that we saw at Florida state. Um, I think he comes back and I think he bounces back. We saw that when he was in college. He had an amazing ability, even in games to to throw three picks in the first half and come out and dominate in the second half. I think he's a, a bounce back kind of guy. And, and more so, I just think that that same secondary, we saw it last week. I mean, Carson Palmer dominated them, just, just shredded them. Uh, I, I think that, he has that same opportunity to do that this week in Winston, not maybe to that same level. But I, I do like Winston this week. Obviously, the weapons, especially if Evans is out there, Severian Jenkins, uh, same secondary, missing juris Bird, and, and Keen Lewis, their best, two best secondary players. Um, and I think you saw the results last week. Uh, and then one more who is still, I just think, I think this price will continue to go up till he's in those mid-sevens, which is probably more appropriate. But Tyrod Taylor, again, priced too low at 6,300 just based on the fact that he's a starting quarterback and, and he has the ability to run, put up 15.9 points last week and, and was even kind of a, a low-end kind of number for him there, but looked efficient. Uh, you, if you get 15.9 points, I think it was 5,000 last week. That, that, I mean, that's gold for 5,000, and I think you can get more than that for, for 6,300, which would be gold as well. Uh, and again, we we saw bad that Patriots secondary looked against the Steelers in week one, so... Um, I think Taylor just just because of the price as much as anything, you know, obviously a great tourney play there.
1: Yeah, I like those those plays for the most part as well. Interesting that the price um, uh, on Mariota is um, elevated at this level on FanDuel there, so they they didn't mess around. Uh, no more no more um, uh, near minimum price or or, or, or freebies going on in that spot overall. Uh and just to just to for reference too, uh Jeff Erickson also likes your Sam Brad for play. There as well. He's got him uh listed number 6 uh Ooh. overall right. there. So just sneaking outside the top 5 right behind Tom Tom Brady there. As, as well, for me, I think somebody that's I don't want to say getting disrespected, but uh, sort of maybe is a little bit of an afterthought after the amount of struggles that they sort of had there in week one is, is Russell Wilson, who performed at a top three to top five level um throughout last season now you don't get too much of a discount uh him with it at 8500 so i can't really call him a cheap value option i just want to throw his name out there um in a bounce back situation at green bay because there's some points that can be scored so jay cutler can put up some points against uh green bay um i i feel fairly comfortable with with russell 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 wilson excuse me and what Keep Tyler Lockett in your back pocket. By the way, I'm not saying play him this week, but I think this guy is an explosive player who's going to be sooner or later ticketed for a big time role there over Doug Baldwin and over Curse in that spot. He's going to have to do more damage from the slot. But I see like, like some Randall Cobb type ability, um, you know, as far as explosiveness and you know defenders' inability to cover him. You saw that with the punt return for a touchdown there in Week One, which happens to be worth six points on FanDuel. So keep that in mind there. Uh, and you know what? You're not crazy about the Jameis Winston call. Okay. By the way, if you take a look at the um the overall defensive um uh, rankings for 2014, uh, New Orleans Saints came in 29th, uh, overall in in pass defense, and there what isn't a ton that's really happened in their secondary to necessarily improve that. So if you really want to go out of the box GPP. Uh, you're. I don't think you're crazy f- uh, for it overall. I'm not saying I'm doing it, but the de- defensively that matches up well. And Carson Palmer seems to have uh, a decent level of success against uh New Orleans as well. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, in terms of your home run plays there. Also, you've got Ryan Mallett who's getting the start there. So in uh at sixty at sixty five at Car- at Carolina at Carolina, excuse me. It's a little bit of a tough matchup on the road. Carolina still has a stout defense, but it is significantly less without Luke Keekley So um, something to keep in mind. I'm going to be interesting to watch what happens here with Nick Foles at 6,500 against Washington. Washington, to me, finished last in the league in defense in 2014 overall. And I think they're going to be a popular play for... Um, teams to stream against when we uh, when we get to defensive talk, which we'll save for Thursday's podcast, um, and also on the quarterback side too. Nick Foles was able to um, do a fair amount of damage against Seattle at home, so I think it's reasonable to expect that you know it's not a bad idea to have some shares of of Nick Foles there in any of your uh, GPPs for week two. Are you in on the Nick Foles?
2: Yes, and no, I I I am for the price this week. Yes, long term as a quarterback in the NFL, no. Yeah. But <laughs> right. but th- but this week with this matchup, yeah, I think Washington's uh, secondary is is porous. Uh, I think that they're going to be able to move the ball there. And and you know, like you said, for sixty five hundred, I like him better than Mallett for sixty five hundred. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, so we've given you some 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 fairly uh, you know price value options there. And just referencing back to to uh, Jeff's list there, if, if I had to take a look at a guy that sort of stood out uh, to me uh, that is uh, a little bit interesting there. Colin Kaepernick is right there in the middle of the pack at Pittsburgh there. Pittsburgh is a pretty good favorite. I think minus six. Um, But I don't think that – I mean, there should be a concerted effort to stop Carl's Hyde here in week two. Granted, you know, the Vikings should have known what was coming and they weren't able to stop it all day. But I'm interested to see if Colin Kaepernick can be a little bit more relevant against a significantly worse. I I thought the Minnesota defense was a lot better um, than they showed up here in in week one. And then they should be versus Pittsburgh, who also, um, you know, graded yeah, out
2: brady shredded them i mean they, they, their secondary is a disaster i'm with you there
1: right i mean there's no paul Amato. there's actually basically no one to be scared of james harrison is 74 years old rushing the passer for them and he's one of their most effective guys so um, there's a number of guys in that secondary throughout last season that just got routine like were rotating being benched after getting torched uh, uh, week in and week out so something else to, to consider there i'm gonna can think about uh, or, actually, what I'm going to do is just take a wait and see approach and see if Colin Kaepernick can be relevant. And maybe I'll take a chance in a small GBP, you um, know, just see what happens. Because uh, Colin Kaepernick has that, you know, that he, he, he. I don't think he's too much different from Tyler Taylor, personally, is, is what I'm trying to say. They have a good run game, uh, just like the Buffalo Bills that solid defense. And there's playmakers on the side of the ball. There's still Anquan Bolden. Um, I hate Vernon Davis, but they have Torrey Smith there as well. So there's some opportunity, and Colin Kaepernick may be able to get it done on the ground himself. They've sort of gone away from the pistol, and I wouldn't be surprised if you see them pull that hat out of their bag because no one is really running a ton of pistol with the exception of what Mariota did in Week 1, and that was highly effective. So something to keep in mind. Let's go ahead and flip over to tight ends now. Uh, who is going to be uh, anchoring the uh, tight end plays for you on FanDuel for Week 1? That's a good
2: question. Sorry, for week two, um, I, week two, yeah. Well, week one, I killed it. We, I wish I could nail week one again. I said Tyler Eifert was my top play at tight end, so that worked out well. Um, this week, I, we'll see. It was really interesting. I, I was just talking about this on another podcast that I do. That um, you know, just the tight end explosion in week one. I mean, when was the last time? Remember, we had you know as many tight ends making big time fantasy, you know, fantasy. Production in week one. I mean, you know, Austin very Jenkins had t- touchdowns, Eifert touchdowns, Latarius Green scored, Witten scored, Ebron scored, Reed, Fells, Kelsey Graham, Gronk. I mean, all the. I mean, it was it was insane the amount of production that we saw from the tight ends in week one. So well, with that in mind, there's a lot of potential ways to you know take advantage of this position here and, re- and really help you win your weeks in FanDuel. So um obviously Gronk at the top, by far the most expensive, worth it. Again, I. I don't like the matchup this week. Uh, That Buffalo defense is is awesome. And I think they're better at home. I think that whole team is kind of thriving off that home field uh, advantage right now. Um, So I'm a little nervous about that. So I I do love Gronk, but I don't think this is particularly the best week to use him. But I'm never going to say you're wrong to use Gronk. Um, But at the top of the list, uh, I don't love a lot. Um, Jason Witten stood out to me. 6000 is a little pricey, but... Witten has, I could tell you as an Eagles fan, Witten has always killed the Eagles. There's just something about this matchup. He, he always comes through. Obviously, Dez is out. Uh, you know, maybe a few more targets come his way. Eight for nine target-wise against the Giants. 60 yards, two touchdowns was clearly a major part of, of the passing game, even when Dez was in there. With Dez out, you have to figure it's going to be more, um, you know, especially in the red zone. So, so I like Witten a lot. Um, and then a little bit cheaper down, uh, same game. Uh, I like Zach Ertz. I think that uh, at 5,200, Ertz looked awesome on Monday night. We had this whole thing of, you know, we didn't even know if he was going to play, uh, you know, because of the injury he'd suffered, uh, the hip injury. But he, he not only played, but he looked athletic. He looked strong. He looked like he had a nice rapport with Bradford. Um, I, I think there's a ton of potential for Ertz moving forward, especially against this Cowboys defense, which struggles n- just in the passing game, but really does struggle to cover the tight end a lot as well. So um, th- those are kind of my two, the two jumped off the page uh, of the, and, and Ertz really isn't that that highly priced. Witten really the only one of the top priced guys other than Gronk, who, who stood out to me.
1: Yeah, I think the Witten is, is got to be a primary guy who gets a lot of focus right now, now on FanDuel. Uh, you take a look at the... The uh, pricing for him uh, overall, it's not terrible. uh, You know, given the uh, number of guys that you're going to have to pay for if you get to the very top tier with 8,300 Gronk and 71 for Jimmy Graham, I actually prefer him over Graham uh, right now at this point. I think think maybe it's it's a toss up, but I also prefer him over Travis Kelsey. Something to keep in mind with Travis Kelsey is I don't know how. many people know this but the denver broncos finished 2014 as the number one ranked overall defense uh and uh, you know uh, um in terms of grading so that's something to definitely pay attention to it's a bad that's bad news uh for travis kelsey it's bad news for for kansas city altogether so i'm going to be off kelsey there in week two um greg olson uh i think is a interesting play there as well. A lot of people think that he just wet the bed and they didn't get him enough targets. And I think they're all correct in that spot. Uh, but in Jeff Erickson's article, he made a great point uh, noting that uh, Travis Kelsey, I'm sorry, um, Greg Olson had a, had a touchdown. Um, called back in the end zone for offensive pass interference, which would have made his day look much much better. Uh, obviously, so he is going to still be a, a red zone target, I, I believe, and I think he's in line for a better week there. In week one, you, you wish you would be getting a little bit uh, better of a discount because he's still priced out inside the top five. Um, but that's something to keep in mind. Also, I think when you if you're going to see a lot of defensive attention, um, you know with. Ah, uh, Keen Allen and the big game that he had, and Stevie Johnson, the way he was effective for San Diego. So you can keep an eye on Ladarius Green. His price has jumped up uh, to um, right at 5,600, and he's about 300 cheaper than Tyler Eifert there. So you can sort of pick your poison uh, between the two. I I definitely uh, clearly prefer Eifert in the in that spot there. Um, but if you need a, a mid-priced uh, guy, I sort of prefer Ladarius Green over guys like Jordan Cameron, Heath Miller, uh and, and Larry Donnell. And I'm gonna take a wait and see approach on Zach Ertz. You're the Philly guy. Uh I'm gonna say no to any Zach Ertz here in, in week two. You, you show me before um, I roll him into my lineup. You you agree or not agree?
2: No, I, I think that's fair, but I, I would I, I just think the price is right. It's not that expensive for him and I think that he looked healthy. I think he's going to be a big part of the passing offense, so I would be fine rolling him out there. But I certainly get that wait-and-see approach, especially because the Eagles do spread the ball around a lot.
1: All right, so for me, value play-wise, I think you you can't get much better than Jordan Reed for 5K right now. Um, great value uh, for, for Bank for the Buck. I think that he's going to be my one of my top Um, lower tier uh, tight end options that you uh, definitely have to consider there Charles Clay um, is a guy who also did fairly well he's got a little bit of a a knee issue that he's battling Um, but if you figure how New England works is they New England's very good at taking away what you do best and if Buffalo wants to run the ball or you know get their get the ball out to the receivers like Sammy Watkins or you know, um, or you know, put pressure on Tyrod Taylor. Then I think it's going to make a lot of sense for these short, middle, intermediate routes that could be um, Charles Clay all day. So for forty-eight hundred, I think that's a value play for me. How uh, about some value plays for you at the tight end position?
2: Uh, Jordan Reed jumped off the page to me. I'm with you hundred percent. The Rams, uh, a nice defense, obviously, but you know, and Jimmy Graham is Jimmy Graham, but Jimmy Graham was still able to find the end zone, had six catches against them. Uh, Jordan Reed, uh, eleven targets. Last week, mm-hmm. eleven tar I mean, that's that's awesome for a tight end. You know, I I didn't check target leaders for tight ends, but I would guess he. he I would guess he is among the leaders with eleven targets, uh, seven for sixty three and a touchdown. Uh, Miami, a decent defense, so I do like Reed. Um, for only Andre last, I like Daniel Fells. <laughs> you know, I didn't really know a ton about the guy coming into the year that much, or at least a ton. I knew who he was, but. You know, former basketball player at Cal, uh, six foot seven, two hundred eighty-one pounds. This guy's a monster, um, and clearly a big-time red-zone threat. Uh, four for eighty-two and a touchdown against the Saints. Granted, it's a, a very bad pass defense, but. He's playing the Bears, who are also a very, very bad pass defense. I believe the Bears were actually the worst team in the league against tight ends in terms of defending tight ends in 2014. Not a ton has changed there. So I like Fels a lot. And then uh, for 100 cheaper, I like Fels and Reed more than this guy, but Eric Ebron at 4,800 at Minnesota, you know, four for 53 and a touchdown against the Chargers. Um, Vikings D allowed seven for 92 uh, against tight ends in, in week one against the Niners. So uh, I think they're trying to incorporate Ebron, Ebron Moore there, and, and that Vikings defense not the best. So for forty eight hundred, a, a nice upside play there as
1: well. I like that there as well. I think we're sort of overlooking Austin Safari and Jenkins too, which we, you have to slide all the way to the bottom minimum salary once again. What is, is awesome. he? Re- oh my God! We yeah. are
2: totally. I didn't even realize he was that low. Absolutely, yeah, no question. Especially right. against the Saints too. Mm-hmm. No, qu- he's the play of the week. I, I, my fault. I oh. must just. I must have just missed him. Because he, he you got to go all the way
1: to the bottom. That's, yeah, that's the I
2: problem. did, and I still just missed it. I, he's got, at four, right, I mean, at 4,500, he has to be the play of the week after last week, right?
1: Right, well, especially if Mike Evans is out of the lineup. And yeah. And I don't think Mike Evans has yet to practice, so that's a very good spot. It's probably going to be a little bit over-owned, but I don't care. It's such a cost savings, and you know that James Winston's, it's like, I guess, sort of a a common ru- rumor or I, I guess, you know, method of thinking that quarterbacks or particularly rookies um, tend to favor the tight end as their um, go-to player and safety valve um, because they can get rid of the ball quicker and they don't have to, you know, they struggle with getting to the second, third level with their reads and you just say, Oh, I pressure dump off to the tight end, you know, and Austin And yeah. Jenkins, I, I think fits that mold perfectly for James Winston. It was highly productive in a game that really got out of hand. So that means no matter what the score, you can, I think, bank on a certain level, uh, like a fairly safe floor, particularly with Mike Evans out of the lineup. And all the pre- um, preseason and training camp reports on Austin, Safaree, and Jenkins were great, going back all the way to OTAs. So I'm going to be in there as well. I think I can. you can even consider him a cash game option, given the price there as well. All right, so um, that's gonna pretty much do it for tight ends. Uh, really quickly, uh, wanted to uh, mention before we get into kickers, uh, there is that there are because of the number of, t- of value plays that are available, you got to be a little bit careful with your DFS lineups as far as ro- rolling too many value plays. So you're gonna have to ch- pick and choose your spots. It's like if you're gonna go value at quarterback, I don't even know if it necessarily makes sense to go value at tight end. You know, uh, there as well. Yeah, for- I agree. Um, because there's a such thing as like going too far with the value and then you end up with a couple thousand extra and um you know you created oh i got discounts on all these guys but you didn't pull uh, build in enough overall um you know upside in value w- with top level of production so you can go too far with the value plays just something else to keep in mind pick and choose your spots safarians is obviously in um in prime position but uh something else to keep in mind oh and just quickly to um hammer home your point there jordan reed uh, one of three tight ends in Week One who had double-digit targets at the tight end position. Heath Miller had 11, Jordan Reed with 11, and Tyler Eifert with 12. So yeah, basically, I, I
2: figured he would be up there. Yeah, yeah, you
1: nailed the you you hit the nail on the head there. Gronk Gronk had eight. Jason Witten had nine. So there's um great uh you know. Um, safety, even Jordan Reed's in the same situation too with Austin Safarian Jenkins there. So when I'm creating my GPPs, I'll probably get some Jordan Reed in there, especially with uh, Sean Jackson out for multiple weeks. And then I'm if my, uh, Mike Evans is out again, I'm going to sort of differentiate with Austin Safarian Jenkins if I'm not using Gronk. That's going to be my tight end strategy overall. You can thank me later or, you know, rip me and complain to me on Twitter at Josh Hayes FS uh, if it doesn't work out. All right, kicker strategy here. Um, let's just let everybody give a second to get their notepads out and uh, take notes, uh, get another recording device. I think people
2: just just skipped ahead to this part of the podcast, right? Yeah, they did,
1: yeah. That would be my guess. You're, yeah, if you, if you guys are wondering, just go right to the 30-minute mark of the show, <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll give you our full breakdown. All right, so let's, let's hear it. What do you got for who's going to be in the kicking game for you for this week?
2: All right. I will be, uh, be very honest. Generally when I'm kicking pickers, uh, kicking pickers, how about that? <laughs> there you go. I like to kick pickers. Right. Um, generally when I'm picking kickers, I, I usually, it, it is a lot of times cost-based, you know, I fill out mm-hmm. the rest of my lineup and I, and I try and fit someone in. Um, but you know, obviously you, you, you're you still going to pick the best option at that cost. And there's still going to be mitigating factors based on weather and on, you know, the opponent and how many points you think the team's going to score and whatnot. So so we'll do our best here to, uh, we gave some good options last week. Uh, I know we, uh, threw out Brandon McManus as one of our, our best plays last week, which obviously turned out to be a, be a great play. So, um, uh, as far as uh, I'll just, I'll just give you my five, I have five of them real quick in order just, and then, you know, you can write off yours. I know everyone's really excited to hear them. Um, so, uh, of the, the only one at 5,000, uh, that I have is Matt Bryant, uh, at the Giants, we again go back to how bad that Giants defense was. I think there are going to be a lot of points scored in that game. Yeah. Bryant just money. He's a that guy's money. He was three for, uh, four for four against the Eagles. Three of the four from forty to forty nine. Uh, it seems like from that forty to forty nine range, he's he's automatic. You know, which which not a lot of kickers are. Um, so I like Bryant a lot at five thousand. Matt Prater, forty seven hundred. This is just more of a of a, a decent matchup against Minnesota. Decent place to kick. Uh, you know, solid price, strong leg kind of play here. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Suck up at forty six hundred at Cleveland. This is totally based on the matchup. Uh, I think Tennessee is going to be able to put up points. Suckup didn't even have a chance to kick a field goal last week because all they did was score touchdowns, six extra points on six touchdowns. Um, so I, I don't think they're going to get in the end zone with as much frequency this week despite having the opportunity to put up points against a bad Cleveland defense. So for 4,600, it's more of a, a, a why not kind of play. Um, and then my, my, uh, I'll give you my favorite play on the board last, but uh, Josh Lambeau at 4,500. Didn't look great in his debut, but still a starting kicker at forty five hundred has some value. Uh, You figure the Chargers will put up points, Um, but my my favorite play on the board is Josh Brown, also at forty five hundred. Again, just uh, you know, anytime you get a starting kicker at forty five hundred, you have to at least look at it because you're you're. I know it's only saving a hundred or two hundred or three hundred, but that adds up when you're trying to jump from you know uh, a. a mid-tier guy to you know from you know whoever it may be a Brandon Cooks to a to a Julio or whatever it is trying to make that big jump to get those top top guys in it, it can help um and Josh Brown four for four last week against the Cowboys uh again I, I think this game is gonna uh, be filled with points Atlanta and, and the Giants neither one with a great defense both have offenses that can move the ball and, and Brown nailed a 50-yard last week he's I, I, he might be first overall but I know he's like One of the best kickers in the history of football in terms of his percentage on 50-plus yard kicks. Um, He's got a cannon of a leg. So um, for 4,500, I just think there's going to be a lot of points, and I don't think it's factored in kind of how good of a kicker he is based on the matchup and based on the fact that it looks like that Giants offense might have some problems in the red zone and punching that ball in. So. I love Josh Brown at 4,500.
1: I think it's a great play. The, uh, uh, we have a lot of overlap in our kicker uh, lineups there, but I just want to quickly mention that from um, my um, reasoning from Matt Prater is going to be one of my top options because he fits uh, the profile that I like, which is uh, kicker in dome against a um, non-top, five top 10 defense there and mm-hmm. you know and Detroit had you know put up a decent amount of points there in, in San Diego so Prater valuable and I always I just love the fact that you anytime you can get your kicker into a dome situation that's one of the, the top things that I'm looking for I don't want any mitigating factors with weather or rain or wind that you know blowing my 50 yard or wide right so um, I know that just sounds like it's you might be nitpicking just a little bit, and and I'm not going to go away from a crazy good matchup in order to do that. But Prater is going to be one of my top options because he's going to be there in Minnesota. And you saw what happened to them against uh, San Francisco, and you know in the dome there, I I feel like there's a lot of. Points that can be put up on both sides of the ball, which should be good for the kicking situation. The other guy I just want to quickly mention here is Andrew Franks uh, at Jacksonville right now. Florida is not a really too too much in terms of weather concerns uh, right now in September, and it's one of the uh, worst defenses. Uh, bottom five defenses in in football. So, and just to keep in mind on Fanduel, forty five hundred is minimum salary for the kickers, or the lowest salary you can find. Uh, by the way, and a good number of these kickers are at that until they sort of separate themselves right now. So, uh, Miami in with the with the tools they have on offense uh, matched up with a a bad bad looking Blake Bortles there in week one who could not uh, you know find the the broadside of a barn. There, I'm going to be looking to um, get more than a few Dolphins into my lineup against Jacksonville, and Andrew Franks at minimum salary against one of the worst defenses in uh, the game for 2015 thus far and last season makes uh, a good amount of sense to me. All right, uh, we want to let you know that this season uh, the first week of fantasy football season is in the books so uh, how do, we don't know? We want to know how your fantasy teams did, uh, did you guys win some money if not you can on FanDuel this weekend, so don't miss out anymore FanDuel is the leader in one week fantasy football with more winners and more payouts than any other site the money is real, they're paying out over $75 million a week this football season building a team is easy, just pick your players, stay under the salary cap and sit back on Sunday and watch your team win entry fees to start at one dollar so anyone can play uh, i and it happened to roll aaron Rodgers and carlos hiding in a few of my laps so that worked out quite well for me i had carlos hide all over the place uh, it was great uh, you know what i think for any of you season-long players there or i you know what i wish Fanduel would do is let you change uh your lineup name especially in a head-to-head and i would change it to like that would no- be really
2: fun That's yeah a great idea right
1: nowhere to run nowhere to hide uh, it's what I would use.
2: I would have gone, I would have gone, hide your kids, hide your wife.
1: It's <laughs> like, hide the rest of your bankroll because I'm coming for it <laughs> with Carlos Hyde. So, uh, Carlos Hyde is going to be a good option Again this week, and we'll talk about that more on tomorrow's show with Benny Ricciardi on the RotoWire DFS podcast. But let us know how your Week 1 FanDuel team did. Uh, hit James up on Twitter at JamesSelter975. Hit me up on Twitter at FS. We'd love to hear about how um, who's going to be in your lineup this week or how you did last week. And for those of you who had not joined the action yet, you can go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use my promo code here. RWDFS standing for Rotowire DFS and sign up now special offer for new users here for every dollar you deposit on FanDuel you can match it up with 200 bucks that gets earned as you play that's a bonus of up to 200 dollars the offer is only good for the first 50 people that use this code Rotowire DFS that's RWDFS on the promo code so make sure you use that promo code RWDFS and join today FanDuel.com where every day is a new season that's F-A-N-D-U-E-L dot com sign up today. All right, I want you to do this uh, really quick before we get out of here, James. Give me a, a pull it out of your hat. All right, quarterback, tight end, or quarterback or tight end. We'll, we did enough with the kickers there. Um, one guy who is going to be like, man, I should have used that guy in my lineup for week two. Just out of the blue, way off the radar, but he this guy's going off.
2: Ooh, that's so someone we haven't even mentioned. Yes. I like that. Okay, give me a split second here. So I'll go. I'll give you a quarterback. Um, How off the radar are you going? We talking price wise, or just just Just, someone? I'm I'm just talking about like
1: one percent owned. You know, and you you can tell call it a gut feel. You can you can say you know um, I'm throwing this guy in one GPP only because it's crazy. But you know this this guy has a shot.
2: Wow, that's a tough one. I like Carson Palmer a lot. He doesn't fit that bill, but we didn't mention Palmer, and uh, I I do like that matchup a lot. Um, But how about, you know what, let's go with Ryan Fitzpatrick. 6,700, no one's going to own him. That indie defense is atrocious. Vontae Davis is good, but the rest of it is really bad. Mm -hmm. They made Tyrod Taylor look good. How about the Civil War beard goes out and throws (laughs) for three touchdowns
1: against the Colts? How
2: about that? I like it.
1: I like it. I, I'm in there as well.
2: I do just just to clarify, I don't actually think that will happen.
1: <laughs> okay, for me, I'm gonna go with Michael Rivera, tight end here for like uh, Oakland. There, he's um, mm-hmm. sort of way under the radar, but played himself into like a a top five to eight tight end option for like a stretch of four weeks there in Oakland, and I think. Given the amount of pressure that David Carr had and coming off this injury there, I think it's going to be safety valve time, especially against the Baltimore defense. And if they're able to shut down Amari Cooper and Latavius Murray, then Michael Rivera might be the guy who benefits at 4,900 at tight end. So keep that one. And your your back pocket's getting full. I keep putting those in your back pocket, but there's another one for you. You
2: already told us to put locket in our pocket. Right.
1: So. I know they're just m- Now rhymes. So. Yeah. Locket in one pocket and then Rivera <laughs> in the other <laughs> pocket. And then you're then you're set. You have to put your wallet just hold your wallet in your hand.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm in.
1: All right, sounds good. That is going to do it for today's show. Uh, Thanks for listening to the RotorWire DFS podcast brought to you by FanDuel.com, the leader in one-week fantasy football. Don't forget, we're available on iTunes and Stitcher for your downloading convenience, so be sure to give us a rating, review, don't forget to subscribe, and best of luck in all your daily contests. Don't forget to check out James on Twitter at JamesSeltzer975, and I'm on Twitter at Josh FS. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next time.